Welcome to the April 23rd sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is 1 Corinthians chapter 7, and the sermon is entitled, Why Does Singleness Matter? Delivered today by Pastor Jeffrey Campbell. If you have your Bibles today, go to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 7. And as you are turning there, I want to say, Ms. Nadine, thank you so much. Uh, we circle this day on our calendar, and we look forward to it, and we thank you, and we pray there are many more. And one of our own, Ms. Uh, Lily Coots, uh, thank you so much for just how you pour into not only a choir, but also just encouragement. I'll tell you this, Lily Coots is one person, I, I know that she's going to get mad at me, but she is one person that just encourages me throughout my week. As a young person and as a teenager, she just says simply this, Pastor Jeffrey, I'm praying for you today. Or she will send scripture or she will send verses of songs. It's amazing how you can encourage one another. And so today, we go to the Word of God. Uh, for that, I say thank you, Lily. Thank you so much. Uh, as we go to the Word of God today, we're working through uh, a series that we have been looking at the family. And the first, the first uh, message in the series was dealing with marriage. And many of you here remember how important marriage is to the family. And so last week we looked at children and how children fit the mold and how they are important. And as I was sitting there trying to map out three sermons dealing with family, I looked at marriage and I looked at children. And then I looked at there's a category and there's a place that maybe there's some people within the body of our church. They fit in and they don't fit in the marriage category and they may not fit in the children category, but it's the category of singleness. And so today, I bring a message to you today of why singleness matters. And so maybe you're here today and you say, oh, I'm married. This, this message does not apply to me. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Just real quick, glance around either direction. Uh, maybe if you're upstairs, you look down or whatever. But I can guarantee you this. Within my vision, there are many people within the congregation today that deal with singleness and what that brings about in their life there's blessing and yet there are disadvantages of being single as well and so today we go to the word of God for those people who deal with singleness and maybe I'm going to use this word struggle with that as a young person, maybe you're a teenager or somebody in their young 20s, singleness is hard, especially if your heart desires someone to marry. If you're here and you're older and maybe you have lost your spouse, maybe through divorce you find yourself single and you find those roads hard and maybe even you have questioned the season or the time of your life God why is this happening to me why me Lord is there someone out there for me today we're going to open the book and we're going to look at that question of why and how singleness applies to the body of Christ and why it matters to God that you are where you are today so with that said I want to say this. Today, if you think this message will not apply to me, I want you to know that God has already beat me up with it. Because there are people that you may be sitting beside, people that you live with or that you are close to, family members that have experienced this. Friends, every one of us can take something from this message and minister to someone who is in a season of singleness in their life. I'm grateful 
I'm grateful to be a pastor. But here's the truth. The pastor cannot minister and meet every need. And so church, deacons, pastors, Christians, today it is our job to minister to those who deal with this issue. With that being said, let's go to the Word of God. 1 Corinthians chapter number 7 today. And I want to encourage you throughout your day today, sometime maybe read the entirety of this. If I were to preach through this chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter number 7, it'd probably take me uh, three sermons. So I'm going to try to cram it into one today, okay? And try to cram it into 15 minutes here. So hold on fast. Here we go. As we open this chapter, Paul is refuting arguments about marriage and the physical body to the Corinthian people who have in past worshipped a goddess named Aphrodite. And that goddess was a sexual goddess. And these people worshipped that. They worshipped temple prostitution. And so Paul writes his letter to the Corinthian people to set some issues straight, if you will. And then as we read and we break open, look at verse number 7. 1 Corinthians 7, verse number 7. For I would that all men were even as I myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. I say, therefore, to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I. But if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. And that word burn is, is a desire. It's not a burning in hell, so to speak, but it is a desire that burns Within, And so today we read the opening verses here. And the first point that I want to give you today is this. Singleness is a gift from God. You may not always view that or see it. But verse number 7 says this. But every man hath his proper gift of God. If you're married here today, God bless you. We are blessed. And marriage is a gift. But today if some... For some reason, whatever that reason is, you find yourself single and not married. That is a gift as well. And so when we look at that, Paul uses himself as an example. In verse number 8, he says this. I say therefore to the unmarried and to the widows, it is good for them if they abide even as now, I told the guy, some guys this morning, I was going to say this. This is not for the married people. And I was going to pick on the men. But this is not for the married men or the married couples to say, Oh, gosh, I wish I was single. Don't say amen there. That's not a good place right there, okay? <laughs> there may have been thoughts that crept through your mind. Man, I wish I could go back and change things. Paul's not trying to, trying to stir that doubt or even those thoughts. But what Paul is saying here is this. As a single man, I'm writing this letter as a, as a single man, not married. Something has happened in Paul's life. Now, you can get into the theological study and the opinions and the debates of what happened. Personally, I think Paul's wife has died. Okay? But for whatever reason, Paul finds himself single. And he is writing this letter and he says, maybe it's good... For the widows and the unmarried to remain in that state. As we think about Paul's life. The short answer is no one really knows what happened to him. But we know this. Number one, as he writes, he's single. Number two, as the book of Acts, we see 
that he speaks of having a voice or a vote on the Sanhedrin. And in order to be on the Sanhedrin, you had to be married. So that makes us think that at one time, at some time, Paul was married. And Paul never wrote about a wife. All the books in the Bible, Paul never wrote about having a wife. So something has happened in his life. But here's what Paul knows. The greatest gift in his life is not that some woman would just show up and fill an empty spot. The greatest gift of his life is that he would use his life and his his work and his hands to minister for Jesus Christ. And so when you think about singleness being a gift, every person has their gift. And today, if you're married, that's a gift. A life of singleness. Paul says that's a gift. And he wishes that every man was able to do it like he is. I want to define biblically what singleness is not. Now listen to me, church. This is what singleness is not. Singleness does not mean you shack up together. And it has to be said like that. I'm sorry. It does not mean that. Singleness does not mean that you get to play the field and never commit and never settle down. That's not what singleness means. Here, as we look at what singleness means, it means celibacy. It means abstaining from marriage and sexual relations. And here's what Paul says. If you cannot commit to that, you better get married. So if you're looking for an answer in your life, maybe that helps you. If the desire burns within you, go get married. You better fulfill that because if not, you will fall and you will sin. And so be careful. I want you to know that singleness is a gift. And it's hard. I know that. We're going to get to those at the end. But what are the benefits? Now normally, I don't do this. Normally I don't jump through and preach around. But today I'm going to jump around a little bit. Go to, well here's what I want you to see. I want you to see first in verse number 17. Paul writes this, but as God hath distributed to every man, as the Lord hath called every one, so let him walk. And so ordain I in all churches. So everyone has a gift. As God has called you married or unmarried, Paul says this. Live your life. Do your very best to serve. But also, he says this. Don't let this be a reason. Look at verse number 27 and 28. 27 and 28. Here's what Paul writes. Art thou bound into a wife? Seek not to be loosed. Art thou loosed from a wife? Seek not a wife. But and if thou marry, thou hast not sinned. And if a virgin marry, she hath not sinned. Nevertheless, such shall have trouble in the flesh But I spare you. Paul writes in these two verses. That if you're married or you are engaged to be married. Guess what? You're not sinning. You're not sinning against God. You're doing a wonderful thing. But he also writes too. That if you are single. You will be spared of worldly troubles. Worldly troubles. Did you know marriage brings their own sets of trouble? 
Nobody testify right now, okay? But I want you to know that I've been almost married 18 years now. And it has not been a cakewalk by any means. Mostly because of me, okay? But here's what I want to say. As we think about marriage and the gift that it is, marriage is also has its, has its downfalls. Has its, the better word, distractions. And so that is the warning here. Point number two, the benefits of singleness is that you are not distracted as the married person is. You think of the married person, finances and children's and jobs and future and, and so many other things. You have mouths to feed and other people to tend to. In singleness, you may not have that. But here's the other thing. When we worry about other people, when we take care of other things, it's hard to focus on God Almighty. And so here's a warning to the married people in the room. Man, I, I want you to know I love my family. I love my wife. I love my two boys. I love them to death. I'll do anything for them. But here's the warning in marriage. You can't get so caught up in that that you're not doing anything for God. You're distracted in marriage if that is the case. If you're not serving anywhere, if you're not worshiping anywhere, that's distraction. And so that's the warning here. The single person doesn't have the distractions of worrying about everybody else to take care of. Look at verses 32 and 33. But I would have you without carefulness. He that is unmarried careth for the things that belong to the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he that is married careth for the things that are of the world, how he may please his wife. There it is in Scripture. And the word, the word in the King James here is carefulness or care. But the, but the meaning of the word is this. Anxious or worried. And here's what Paul is saying. If you are married, you are worried about your husband and you are worried about your kids. And you have those things to think about. But if you are single, you careth for the things that belong to the Lord. Here's what Paul says. If you're single, then you can center your heart and your mind and your focus and ministry on Jesus Christ alone. Real quick. I'm pulling this off of the top of my head so I'm, it's not in my notes. I want to I uh, read a verse of scripture from Luke chapter 14 to you. As people are recruited to being followers of Jesus Christ Luke chapter 14, verse number 20. You remember what one of them said. One of them said this in that verse. I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Do you see where marriage becomes a hindrance to the work of God? He said, I've got to stay and take care of my wife. I can't, I can't do what God's calling me to do. And so I will say this. There are some things that... That family and marriage hinder us in. And for the single person, the benefit is that you don't have that. The married person is anxious for the things of the world. And so he cannot devote time to the Savior, the time needed for the Savior. Now, I'm not saying this. Don't you go home and say, Pastor Jeffrey told me not to get married. No. 
But here's a warning, young people, all the young people that are not married, especially. If you do get married or when you do get married, you seek someone with the same mindset in ministry that you work together and you're not as distracted in marriage as you get married. Does that make sense? Today, if you are single here, Paul says there are two big benefits of remaining single. Number one, there are no worries about anyone else. And number two, there's a direct focus on what God wants in your life. You can focus on that. The last part. But here's the third point that I want to give you today is this. That singleness has its disadvantages. And when we go back to the scripture that we read, look at verse number 34. There's a difference also between a wife and a virgin or a wife and somebody that's never been married. The unmarried woman careth for the things of the Lord that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she that is married careth for the things of the world how she may please her husband. Go on down to verses 39 and 40. I'm going to start at 38. So then he that giveth her in marriage doeth well. But he that giveth her not in marriage doeth better. The wife is bound by the law as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. But she is happier if she so abide. Or after my judgment that I think also that I have the spirit of God. What are the disadvantages Of being single. Number one. And maybe today. On two different platforms. These affect you. Number one. If you're older here today. I want to say this. Loneliness is real. The first disadvantage of being single is loneliness. And I want you to know. That that the Bible speaks to this. The Bible speaks to the church and to the deacons and to the Christians to take care of those people, those widows and widowers that are lonely. But when you think about loneliness, there are many in this room that find themselves single not by choice. Maybe your spouse has passed. Maybe today there is some single person that has never found it. But we often look down on people that are not married. Our society is a society where young people are waiting later in life to get married. Listen to me, church. It's okay. But here's the other thing. I'm guilty of saying, when you're going to get married? When you're going to get married and have a baby? And to the person that is not doing that or may not be called to be married... Those are words that crush their spirit. Those are words that hurt. Those are words that last. And you know, sometimes maybe, maybe there's somebody in this room that says, but I remember that time Pastor Jeffrey just told me. Just ask when I was going to get married. And I've disappointed him because I'm, you're not disappointing me whatsoever. If that's what God has called you to, I pray that you do it and do it well. So number one is loneliness. Number two is a stereotype. If you're young and single, here's the stereotype. You can't find anybody. There's nobody that will date you or there is nobody that will marry you. There's nobody that will love you. That's the stereotype. 
And for the old person or older person that is single, no one else wants a relationship with you. Maybe you have been divorced or maybe there's been a death there, but no one else cares. That goes back to loneliness. Loneliness. What is our job? Friends, here's our job. And I want you to look at me right now. Every one of us. I don't care what your title is. Pastor, deacon, friend. I mean, worshiper, whatever. Christian, friend. All of us have friends. All of us know somebody that deals with singleness. And I'm guilty. I'm guilty of not doing what I should. How many people in their own family have a mother or a grandmother or a father and a grandfather that don't have anyone? And our lives are so busy, we just sweep it on by and we live our life. Meanwhile, our loved one is left in loneliness. If you ever want to experience it, you walk, you, I invite you. One day you call me. If you want to minister to somebody who's lonely, all we have to do is drive five miles up a road and there's a nursing home. And in that nursing home, every week I go there and every week there are people that just sit at the door waiting for somebody to come and say hi. Church, I'm guilty. But I, can, I think I can say we're guilty. We're guilty of missing the mark in ministry. And the Bible commands us to do that, to look out for those who are lonely and who are single. And so if it's a young person, we need to minister to them. But if it's an old person, we better minister to them. I better minister to them. That's what it calls me to. So here's what I hope this sermon does right now at this point. It stirs that person within your life or within your mind that needs the touch of Jesus from you. Not from the pastor. From you. We as the church, we as the people of God need to help in those situations. We need to be willing to pull up and find a place beside those people that are lonely. That are bound to homes or nursing homes. They are places of outreach. So today, the last disadvantage of singleness is this. And it's a very serious one. I alluded to it a little bit earlier. And the disadvantage of singleness is the temptation of sexual sin. And I know that I have to preach this from the pulpit because it's in the Bible and I'm not skipping over it. But here's what it says. The Bible says it's a battle that is waged. And if the battle cannot be conquered, you better get married. That's the words of the Bible. When we think about sexual sin, Paul is writing and he tells people in chapter 6. He says this. Verse number 18. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is, with, is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. And so there's the warning when you run or when you're living a life of singleness, there is a life and a temptation of sexual sin and you better run from it. And here's my advice. When you run from one thing, you always need something else to run to. If not, you will just continue to run for the rest of your life. And so fleeing sexual sin means this. You run to Jesus. 
There's no book. There's no antidote. There's nothing that can take the place except for Jesus Christ. The desire is there. The Bible warns about it. And we better flee. That's the married and the unmarried. You better get away from it. So today, I'm closing the Bible. I could go on. I've condensed. But here's what I want to tell you. If you, you don't have to look very far until you can see someone that is affected by singleness. I'm going to give you just four recaps. You don't have to write these down. I've already preached through them and said them today. But number one, some people are called to a life of singleness. And that is fine by God. You've got to be called. I know what. I can look in the mirror and I can tell you I'm not called to be single. Ain't no way. But there are some people that are. And that's okay. And there are some people that are called to a season of singleness. And in that season of singleness, I just encourage you to get your heart and your mind focused on the Lord. And if He wants to end that season or change that season, when you're focused on Him, you will follow Him to that change. Does that make sense? The second thing is this. Seek the Lord no matter who you are, whether you are married or single. You need to seek after the heart of God and what He wants you to do. There have been times where I couldn't because of certain things. But friends, I want you to know, even in the married life, we have hindrances. I'd hate to get up to heaven and face the Lord and the Lord said, Jeffrey, I called you to do this, but, but you, you had something else in your mind. And I missed what God had for me. We're all busy. Not an excuse. We all have family. Not an excuse. The question is, are you called? And if you're a Christian and a believer in Jesus Christ, the answer is yes, you are. You're called to minister and to show the love of Christ. So be ready to do that. Let the Lord lead you in that. The third thing is this. Heed the warnings of loneliness, of stereotypes, and of temptation as you seek to live a godly life. And the last thing, and I'm closing with this, is Jesus was a single man on a single mission. And I pray today that there are men and women in this room Maybe teenagers in this room that devote their lives to Jesus Christ. Friends, listen. As we come to the point of invitation and wrapping this up, what is you can walk out of here and say, singleness doesn't affect me. Yes, it does. Today, if you're looking to help or work or serve, I could, I could drop a few addresses and numbers where you can make a difference. You let me know. But my prayer is this, as we come before the Lord, can we seek where God wants every one of us, whether we are married or single? Can we seek after His plan and His will for our life? And maybe that is to come to the altar and, and kneel down and say, God, I've got so many things that are distracting me now. Will you let me focus on you? Maybe today you're here and you say, Pastor Jeffrey, singleness is hard. And singleness hurts. 
And I need the Lord's help. You can do it right where you are. You can come to this altar. You can pray and, and ask for God's leading in the season or in the life of singleness. But more importantly today, if there's somebody here that has been living a single life, their own life, their own way, I'm going to tell you this. If you've never had Jesus Christ lead your life, you need to make that decision today. That life of singleness without Jesus will lead you to a place that no one wants to be. It will lead you to separation from Him. It will lead you to a place that we call hell. Today, if there is a person in this room that needs Jesus Christ as Savior, realizing that His death took your place for the death of sin, today you can do that. Today, if you need Him as Savior, just trust Him, open up your heart, let Him come in, accept the work that's already been done, and He will work in your life. As we open up this altar today, it's open for anybody. But I pray that the work of the Lord will begin in our own hearts. As I leave today, here's the message. Lord, use me to minister to those who need Jesus. May we pray? Father God, Lord, we thank you for this day. And we thank you for an opportunity to worship you. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we lifted up song and worship and praise in this place. But we also lifted up a very serious subject within the body of the believers. And that is this, the subject of singleness. Lord, maybe today somebody just wants to come to, a, to an altar and just say, Lord, I'm lonely. Lord, I'm lost. Lord, I need your love. Lord, maybe today somebody will walk down here and grab that lonely friend by the hand and just come and kneel and pray. Lord, today I pray, Lord, that you open our minds and hearts to the opportunity to serve you by serving others. And in the season of loneliness, Lord, I pray that you will allow us to serve you well. God, I pray, Lord, that you lead every heart that is represented in that one that needs you as Savior. Lord, I pray they do not put it off today. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Christ's name. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.